Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And also, Maureen, just to let you know, that is very rustly. Oh, I'll take it off then. All I can hear is like it's like being in my mum's bedroom, just like plastic bags rustling. <laughs> what are you doing, mum? Just getting my shoes. <sighs> oh, I had to share a room with my mum once, and that was like, oh my god. You'd wait. I'd wake up in the morning, and they'd just be. <laughs> mum, what are you doing? I'm just looking for my toothbrush. <laughs> mum, what are you doing? I am just looking for my face cream. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Before we start this week's episode, once again, we would love to thank our patrons who are Emma and Hazel. Wow, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emma and Hazel. And then uh, also, I want to remind you all that we have our fourth <gasps> WTB New Material Night on June 7th. And uh, our special guests will be the fabulous and wonderful Ria Lena. And then a very good friend of mine uh, from Canada, now living in LA, uh, Deborah Giovanni are our two guests. And uh, you will love them both. I know it. I know it. So join us June 7th, uh, 8 p.m. And you can find the ticket link on the WTB Facebook page and many social media links. It's nice to start when we don't know it started, isn't it? Because when we start when we know it started, it's a bit like, hey, hello, we are starting our podcast. And today, here we are talking about something interesting. And now we've we started without even realising. I didn't know you could do Carmen Miranda. <laughs> Warren, I can do many an impression. Hidden um, talents brister is what we call her. Yeah, yeah they're buried, <laughs> Alison. You have to really dig deep to find them. I, yeah, I like to pull them up like weeds every now and again. Here's another <laughs> talent you weren't aware of. <laughs> So how's everyone? Everyone okay? I finished the book club book, Regeneration, um, review on the website. Um, but I started a new book, which isn't part of book club, called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And it's absolutely fantastic. And to give a brief summary, it's about a woman who's in her mid-30s, 36, so a bit younger than me, girls. And she decides <laughs> that, uh, just work just work with us. And uh, she decides she wants to end her life. But before she dies, she has to go to this midnight library and you, choo you can choose a book and go into a life, the other life that you you could have led. Because we all have regrets, don't we, by 36. And we think, oh, we should have done this and should have done that. And so she gets the opportunity to live those lives that she could have lived and sees what happens. And it's a, I think for some, if you're middle-aged and you're kind of thinking, oh, I've made all these mistakes, I've gone down the wrong path and you've got lots of regrets. It's actually a really interesting book to read. I, I've read the first 100 pages in about two days. I think it's 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 so wonderfully written and I think it really relates to a lot of how I'm feeling, you know, when you think, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. Because we all have regrets by the time we get to our age, don't we? Yeah, we're not Frank Sinatra. Definitely not. But I think it's a really interesting book and I think it's uh, it reminds me of a really good film, actually, Belle Epoque, which uh, stars Daniel Otoy, so if you get a chance to watch that, it's a similar theme. Or if you're a bit more mainstream and not as cultural, uh, Sliding Doors is another version <laughs> yes, of a doors. movie that might be relatable. Yeah, that's a great movie, though, because, you know, you just think those, those little decisions. Honestly, that movie made me my perspective on life change, and I know I'm the obnoxious trying to always, like, glass, you know, is full kind of girl, but that movie sliding doors made me look at things I, I kind of went well like choices are choices but like eventually I do believe we'll end up where we're supposed to be so 
I don't know. That helped me cope with regrets a lot, actually, that movie. So I'm sure this book would do the same thing. Often when we go, oh, if I had done this and if I had done that or if I'd chosen this or if I'd made that decision or if I hadn't dated that person or if I'd then what you would find is, is that you're not that, you're not you, you're someone else. Mm-hmm. And the reasons why we make the decisions that we do is because of so many reasons, like the way we've been brought up, the way our personalities are, the way our, who our influences are, what our peers are doing. And it's really almost impossible to say if I went, I mean, like if we went back in time, any one of us would make different decisions, wouldn't we? Oh, definitely. But ultimately, we don't know that they would necessarily benefit us and put us in a better place or make us in a better, or put us into a better situation than we are at the moment. So, you know, we've got to do the old Edith Piaf and je ne regrette rien. I don't have to bring in French into the situation, but here we are. We are this kind of women we are. But you're right, because I, I regretted not tr- going trying for Oxbridge because my school were really keen on me to do it because I'd done like my German in a year, so I was like ahead of the game. But then I think, you know, if I had gone to Oxbridge, yes, I would have had more opportunities, but B, I wouldn't have met the people. The, the, like the, I've got five solid friends from the uni that I did go to that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I wouldn't have met my Austrian friends. And so it's all these things that you think, well, I might have gained something, but then I would have lost out. Exactly. You know, there's any number of things that we could have done differently and then we wouldn't be where we are now. And you have to go, okay, maybe if you're deeply unhappy about where you are now, you could just say, right, well, but uh, but ultimately you could be end up, you could end up being somewhere worse. But the point is, is that you have to accept that you are who you are. And that's why, that's why you are where you are and just, you know, get on with it. Because also, also I think the book is, is probably also about, oh, you thought, that this was what was going on and you made you made a projection about what was happening over there and actually you go into that room and you experience another life and you realize oh actually that was just going on in your head and something completely benign was going on or 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 something that had nothing to do with you that you couldn't impact no matter what decision because there are certain times where we think if i'd made a different decision i would be in a different situation but actually you might find yourself exactly where you are now uh-huh. <laughs> but maybe five years later or five years earlier or whatever so that book sounds very interesting. And um, But I have to say, Alison had a very exciting week compared to me and Jen, didn't you, Alison? I did. Well, I don't want to say compare, but I did. I left the house. <laughs> Not only did I leave the house, I did two live gigs in front of human <gasps> beings. What? Sitting there in chairs looking at me. Yeah, actual live beings. How was it? I mean, you know, you think you're just going to get back up on that bike and start riding, but it takes a little bit. Because I told you, ladies, I walked away from the two shows going, oh, I was kind of upset with myself because I was like, all I did was stuff I've done before. And, you know, and then my boyfriend said to me, he goes, hey, you haven't done a live gig for over eight months. So, yeah, you probably did do the stuff that you've done because you're not an idiot. Remember, like, <laughs> and like jokes and tags and things that like, I know. I literally forgot. And then the second show, I was like, oh, yeah, this thing. And it felt so good to say it and have people laugh at it again. I was like, oh, yeah, you do like it. You do like it. And it was fun to try. Like, I tried to add in a couple of things, but I was like, oh, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. So and then I said to you guys, I was so exhilarated afterwards, but it was cold. It was really cold outside. So well done. And I'm glad that the people were on. Um, well, I'm glad some people were on cocaine because I'm sure that kept them warm. But it was uh, it was very it was lively and fun. But I said to the girls when I when I got home, it had been so long since I had had that much like adrenaline that even though you know you're like yeah, same well, oh my god, I got home and I danced in my kitchen till 4 a.m. and ate a pizza. I also found out I'm very good at singing Michael Bolton, which is something I don't know how I feel about <laughs> right now. Tell me how. <laughs> It's so good. Without you. I think my neighbors appreciate it now, now too. I've been loving, loving you, you so, so long. It was so good. Did we stop so paying royalties? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, everyone. I think they'd pay us to not sing, actually. Yeah, they'd be like, please don't ever do that again. Him and Rick Astley are going to get us. But it, uh, to all the comedians out there, just don't beat yourself up. Give yourself a show or two to be like, it's okay if this is all not new material. Just, you know. Keep in mind the audience deserves some good jokes too. So yeah, give them, I feel give them some goods. <laughs> I, I haven't done a live gig since December, and I have absolutely no idea how to do stand-up comedy anymore. But fortunately, Leanne is putting on a show, which I will be doing in the next few days, and we'll find out, won't we, Leanne? Woo! Just don't pee yourself. <laughs> 
I'll try not to piss my pants this time. <laughs> Poor Leanne there with the neck, having to rummage through my bag to find my shorts. Leanne, please help me. Yeah, I said Leanne's just showing up with trousers now. I got, what size are you? I got trousers. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, Leanne will be there with extra pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I do remember last year when we started to do gigs and I did a, my first car park gig was somewhere in Northampton or something. And I was, to put it mildly, crap. And there were so many times where I'd get to a joke and I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, the punchline is. <laughs> and then, or I'd get the punchline and then I'd go, wow, that's. I've done 20 minutes in like 11 minutes because I'd forgotten all the tags, all the toppers, all the extra stuff that, you know, that you add on to that joke. That joke doesn't end there. It has another four or five bits to it that you continue. And then it takes you on to this bit, takes you on to that bit. And I would just go, oh, the joke. And then, and then, oh, Jesus, what happens next? And it was so terrifying to be on stage and realize I didn't know my own material, even though I'd gone over it. It's the links, isn't it? It's the links to the bits and the links are jokes. You forget that the links are jokes and I hadn't included those in the bullet points. So I'd gone, oh, I'll talk about this and then that and then this and then that. And just assuming that I would remember all of those links and then not remembering any of them and being on stage and thinking, I've got five more minutes to fill or whatever it was, or seven more minutes to fill, which <laughs> is a long time. I'm on stage as a stand-up comedian, seven minutes of jokes. And so then I had to go, right, and now I will do another bit of material that has no connection to anything I've just said. And now it is something very different. And people are like, oh, she's uh, really going on a tangent there. And then, of course, the bit of material I'd chosen went on too long and I had to stop halfway through it and go, and that's that's the, just imagine the punchline. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember when I first gigged after six months, I actually phoned you nervous I never generally get nervous before gigs and I was like I just kept going through my set on like on a like every 20 minutes just going on round and round with my set because I couldn't remember it I was like I think the first time I went it through it was like 10 minutes well, I'm sure I've got 20 minutes of material well, I mean we would hope so as a professional <laughs> comedian Maury but you know it was just like trying to remember it all oh it's so weird I had one link one link that I still remember this because I was like what do I do next and I remember looking around at everyone <laughs> This is literally a line I said. Wow, well, look around. It looks like there's a lot of relationships in this room. <laughs> <laughs> relationships, like, you know, family. Family, right. My mom. Like, I was literally. Relationship. Who's in love? Like, it was like. <laughs> Between you and the chair, like, I was really grasping. I was like, you and alcohol? Do you guys have a relation? Like, it was... You know when a comic is struggling when he goes, any questions? You're like, okay, someone's run out of material. Or you start or you start going, am I right? <laughs> I mean, probably. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he thinks so. Uh, anyway. Hey, Jen, I forgot something did happen. Uh, people have suggested that we go for ch to raise money for charity. We do a tandem ride together. What no. do you think? <laughs> Leanne's already laughed at that suggestion. I mean... How much money are, do people want to raise? I'll pay it. I'll pay the money. Here, have it. What is it? What is it that they're expecting us to get? I'll donate that money to not go on a tandem bike ride with Maureen Younger. For a start, I don't even think Maureen can ride a bike. I think if she could ride a bike, if it was tandem, she'd forget to pedal. No. It's a no from me uh, from now until eternity. Also, where are we getting this tandem bicycle from? That's what I want to know. Oh, come on. Come on, Brissy. You can do a tandem bike. Certainly. Please provide us with the tandem bicycle. Oh, somebody suggested you like like a bike and I could be in the little rickshaw bit at the back. So you're talking about, that's a rickshaw, Maureen. So you want to get a rickshaw? <laughs> There's nothing tandem about a rickshaw, is it? That's a rickshaw. You're just, you're just sitting in the back. And Maureen, with the best one in the world, that's never going to happen. To be honest, I didn't think you'd be that positive about the idea. You're weird, that, isn't it? <laughs> well, we've established that nothing's happened. I haven't even got on to what I didn't do, because who cares? What did, you, what, did, what did you not do, Jen? Any number of things I didn't do this week. I didn't go out. I didn't see anyone. I didn't have fun. Okay, great. Another fantastic WTB week. Let's move on from this exciting section of the show. Uh, the introduction of the show. For anyone that's, this is the first time you've listened to WTB, you'll be like, is this it? Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> this is it. If you're expecting anything more, you're, I'm sorry, but it's a no. But what you can expect is some Beamer Marine. 
I'm going to close my internet. Don't close your internet. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> You know, I was I was always worried I might run out of these, but I don't think I'm going to for the time being. Um, Are you alive? I don't think it's ever going to end. I'm being the new me. I'm being very organised. I went shopping for some food to cook my favourite dishes at the moment, which is cottage pie and spinach stuffed chicken. And for once, I had a shopping list, so I was very organised. So I didn't. You know how you sidetrack? You go for co- you go for three things, and you've come back with twenty five. So it's like no, I'm just going to stick to the shopping list. Did my shopping list. Even bought. I've been. Reprimanded about this. I keep calling it thyme. It's thyme, apparently. So I bought thyme and coriander. So I remembered all the little things. Got. I was really pleased with myself. Got to the counter, uh, paid for it. it was, oh, it's a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. That's what happens when you stick to the list. Got home and realised I'd forgotten two ingredients, which were the mince and the chicken. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffed chicken with no chicken, a cottage pie with no mince. What a lovely meal that would be. Thyme and potatoes in one and thyme and spinach in the other one. Yummers, Maureen. Absolute yummers. Turns out it's very hard to make cottage pie or spinach stuffed chicken if you have neither the mince nor the chicken. So I didn't have any meals. Good job you made that list, Maureen. Uh, This is the kind of thing Maureen does. She'll write a list and go, oh, thank God I've written a list. And then never look at it. Because it's enough to have written it, isn't it, Maureen? It's enough to have written the list. Yeah, but I did remember the coriander and the thyme, which I thought I might forget. Because actually, you could make uh, the chicken or the thing without the thyme or the coriander, but actually can't make it without the chicken or the mince. But anyway, look, it's good to know that you're consistent. (laughs) Neither of you seem that surprised, I have to say. Well, no, no. No, no, not really. But good for you. You had to up your steps going for a second trip, Maureen. Yeah, so there I was you go. Pissed off about that though. <laughs> like, how, how did I forget that? Anyway, quite easily it turns out. I had a list. I had a list. I know, Maureen. But did you look at the list? This is what I keep asking you. Answer the question. This is like I'm wearing PMQs now. Do it. Now. Answer it. Did you look? <laughs> Answer the question. I think I did from time to time. Yeah. No, from that's time a to no. time. That's a no. <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> that was my be more Maureen moment. I think that's quite a good one, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, Maureen, it's it's it very much. Again, if this is the first time you've you've listened to this podcast and you thought, oh, just check this out, see what this uh, bollocks is, that is a classic be more Maureen. Um, <laughs> and we have thirty four weeks of them now, so if you want to go back and listen to all the moments, <laughs> you will feel affirmed in anything you do in your life. It's fine. Yeah, I. I genuinely think that there are people that only listen to this podcast for that moment and and they shut they sort of they sort of shut down at the rest of it because the amount of people that contact Maureen to go I really love your be more boring moments they're the most relatable part of the show for anyone else we're like how the fuck is this happening but for so many people it's like makes it's just the most relatable part of this this particular show I think it makes people feel better about their own life decisions (laughs) thank you Maureen once again for bringing you to the table, which is all we ever wanted. <laughs> but again, it's time to head to, over to the other third of this wonderful show with this wonderful woman that is this wonderful human that is the wonderful Alison Joel Smith, because it is time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Okay, problem this week. I like this one. Uh, how do I stop being so competitive? Ooh. Ooh. And Jen, I thought you'd like this one because I know you have a competitive bone, don't you? Well, no, I have to pretend I don't, but I think I am a bit competitive, yeah. Like that whole pointless thing, I was like, oh, I've got to, I can't be in this to not win it. Yeah, exactly. The in it to win it attitude, yeah. I mean, I don't think it dominates you because I love you and I spend time with you and you're a very nurturing, wonderful human being. So I know it's not an issue with you, but how do I start being so competitive? Oh, it's very interesting. So I was reading up on this and I think a lot of competitiveness it does come from the whole survival of the fittest 
kind of attitude. That is the base of, of being competitive. And a lot of people, whether really acknowledging or not, I think it's a little bit of a fear of being dun-dun-dun average. God forbid. And I mean, okay, so am I a competitive person? There are some things that you can look at that will kind of help you to identify. Um, here are the four big things that I thought was interesting. If you're a competitive person, don't really realize it. You don't like trying new things, number one. Not a big fan of the new. Number two, you quit if you're not the best at something. You're like out. I'm like, this isn't for me. You're out. You quit pretty quick. Number three, yet sometimes relationships are, are ruined because everything tends to become a competition or comparison with you. And then number four, you f only feel validated when you are number one or you are the best at something. So these are kind of some driving things. And I'm not saying, you know, that's it all the time, but they, they are kind of the underlining things of a competitive person, which in this day and age can kind of be scary because if we think about it, social media <laughs> is all about comparison and competitiveness. Uh, and as we all know, social media, if we're not careful, can really lead to depression because it's kind of like a compare and despair loop right? You compare yourself, maybe you don't feel so great. So then it's like this constant loop. And so you're always seeking validation through external means, which I mean, we're human, this kind of happens. But these are kind of some tendencies of uh, some competitive, competitive people. So what to do? Well, number one, what is your trigger? Figure out your trigger. Uh, where, where do you think this competitiveness came from? I mean, did you maybe feel you never did well enough in school, you, you know, you never had the top grades. Uh, maybe you had a sibling who was always getting the praise for something. I mean, what is it that, that you think might be tricking you, uh, triggering you off? What, what do you think your thing is? So look into that. Uh, number two, develop an abundance mindset. So sometimes competitive people feel there's only one pie. And if someone takes a piece of that pie, I can't get that piece of the pie. Instead of going, hey, guess what? There's pies everywhere. There's all different types of pies we can have pieces from. So realize that there's more out there than just the one thing you're focusing on at that time. This was a really good one. I love this set your own goals and standards. So if you're going to be competitive, be competitive against yourself. Now, a good example of this was when I started to do a bit of weight lifting, right? Because we all know I'm a professional weightlifter. <laughs> and uh, I started to do some lifting. And one thing the uh, trainer said to me was, it's important to stick to like kind of the same two to three routines because what you want to do is see where your best is and, and go to the next level. Whereas if you're changing up routines all the time, you don't have a standard to measure yourself on. And I was like, that's interesting. So like, let's say listen, lifting that 10 pound weight is, is your top right now. Okay. You want to beat your 10 pound weight. Who gives a crap what the guy next to you is lifting? That's irrelevant. Focus on your own standards and beating your own like uh, goals. So that, that was a big thing. Learn new skills, embrace vulnerability. Hey, take that, that fear of failure as like a success. The more you embrace your vulnerability, the more you are going to be less competitive. Celebrate others' victories. This is a big thing. The more you can celebrate the successes of others, the more it will help you because you will realize the more somebody else is successful, why shouldn't you be that successful as well? But you only get to that frame of mind is if, if you can celebrate other successes around you. A couple of techniques redirect your mind at the moment of, of that competitive urge. Okay, so this was a mindfulness technique that I liked. You start to feel yourself getting competitive. You're getting in that comparison. You're starting to feel that rut. Stop. The mindset technique that they said was focus on something in the room just for two minutes, whether it be a pen, a window, I don't know, like something on the floor, and focus on that thing. Rather than letting your brain start to spiral Look at that pen. What color is the pen? Where is the placement of the pen? Sometimes it's just staying in the moment is what we need before we spiral into things. So that is a, a redirecting your mindset activity that you can do. And overall, the goal here is to find the place where your competitiveness will drive you, but also know when to apply the brakes. That is my advice for today. Ooh. Alison. Very good. I like Thank it. You. Thank you. I like it. I mean, the thing about being uber competitive is that ultimately, I mean, if you are very competitive, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you need to have something to, to, to sort of push you forward and, 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 and motivate you. But ultimately, 
being that competitive can actually make you miserable <laughs> because you do spend the whole time comparing yourself to other people and then you find yourself sort of irrationally thinking oh why am I not getting that thing or why don't I have that thing or why they got it and I haven't got it and I should have it but actually I think a lot of the time things aren't happening or things maybe not be moving or may not be moving as fast as you want them but that doesn't mean that they're not going in any direction and also a lot of the time some sometimes people whenever I, I'm talking particularly from our perspective as comedians people get their breaks at different points in their career mm, that's true. Some, pe some people get their breaks super early yeah, they get it right right at the beginning of their career. Bam, and away they go. And the rest of us who've been going for 15 years are like, holy shit, how did they get that? <laughs> Why have they got that? And I've been doing this forever and I'm not, not giving me no break. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, but actually, ultimately, as an individual, you've got to take your breaks whenever they come. Wherever they come, you have to take the opportunity. And you don't know, they may not get another break later on. That might be their only opportunity. So you've got to wish them well, and you've got to hope that they make a success of themselves and that they do well. Because if you don't, then when you get your break, it's it's much the same thing. How can you expect anyone, if you know, if and when you get a, whatever, we're all getting breaks at different points anyway, but when you get that opportunity, you would hope that people would be happy for you and not be like, whoa, why did she get that thing? So, and, and, and it's a lesson learned being able to be and live in the moment and actually have a quality of life the only way to do that is to not be a prick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes success is a lonely place if you don't have anyone to share it with and and celebrating in other people's successes is i mean it's a joy in life why wouldn't you want to engulf yourself in something positive it was interesting because at one point there was a a comedian girl I knew, and she was getting a lot of, like, you know, a lot of success, a lot of success. And it just made me realize, instead of being like, ah, God, you know, why not me? I just went, no. Like, that's that's happening. These things happen in the world. Therefore, this this can happen in my life, too. And I'm so happy for her. And you, once you embrace it and just realize it, it changes everything, I think. I, I really do. Also, you never know. I mean, like, I, I remember my mom saying this to me many years ago. And I've, it's always stayed with me. But ultimately, when people get a break or when people have something good that happens to them, you don't know what's happening to them around the corner. Let them be happy because we all know in life, we don't spend our lives just skating along a fucking rainbow. You know, we're all going to fall down a, a manhole at some point. So let people enjoy that moment when they have that success or where they have that that gift of whatever it is that they've, that, that they've, you know, that opportunity that they've been given because you never know what's going to happen around the corner. And actually real success at a very high level is a huge burden. And also be careful what you wish for because the moment you get any success, your life is pretty much over because that's all you do is work. So you have to look at it as a, as a, as an umbrella, as an overview rather than just focusing on, oh, they are successful, whatever that means. I mean, I, I have a friend who Jen knows who does focus on everybody else's career. And my advice is just just mute people. If it's really pissing you off that so-and-so's got this or so-and-so's got that, mute them, and then you're none the wiser. And let us not forget that social media, which, again, I think is the core now of competitiveness in, in our life, is built on smoke and mirrors, everyone. So sometimes when you're like, oh, my God, why is so much happening? Oh, maybe they've just done a very good job of putting some smoke down here and holding the mirror over here. So you know what? Just don't focus on it. Eyes on your own page. Alison, thank you very much. That was very good advice. And if you, listening to this podcast, have a problem that no one else can help, maybe you can call the A-team. That's Alison. Oh, my God. I love being called the A-team right now. Can I keep that forever? That's awesome. Yeah. Do you know I never watched it? What? I ain't no something fool. I ain't no Pity I the fool. No... I pity yeah. the fool. I pity the fool. Yeah. Um, uh, I love a plan that comes together is what I want oh, to say. The other thing I was going to say in regards to Ask Allison, I, I want to put this out to people too. Look, I think sometimes people are apprehensive about sending in their problems. I understand. Do you have a friend or someone in your life that is going through something? You could write into me, get some info from me, and then give it to your friend. We're not going to tell that you got it from me, right? So, like, keep this in mind, people. It, I think people are apprehensive, but maybe there's somebody who has is going through something. I'm happy to look up information for others as well, everyone. Yeah. Brilliant. And you can do that. All you need to do is email allison at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. 
put it in the subject, ask Alison, and then ask Alison. That's all you need to do. And <laughs> and Alison will solve your problems as she has done for the last 34 episodes. Yeah, baby. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? Now we're going to talk about TV. Yeah. What have you guys been watching? I saw two things. I saw When Harry Met Sally, classic movie. Oh, so On BBC iPlayer at the moment. I love that movie. Very funny. Um, and also, I think Jen's going to disagree with me. So I watched the first episode of The Pursuit of Love, which I thought was awful. But Jen really liked it, didn't you? I didn't think it was awful. I liked now, it. Now, this is what I enjoyed, everyone. Now, let's get into this. Jen and Maureen very rarely, I mean, often they enjoy... Uh, the same thing. So different perspective here. I'm fascinated. Let's talk, girls. Tell me. I mean, what can I say? I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a modern take on a, I suppose, a, a more sort of classic uh, tale. Uh, I know it's been adapted before. This is a this is a more uh, recent adaptation. The the actual setting and the costume and everything is of, of, of its time and it's very traditional. But the music that they've chosen to use is very modern. So you've got La Tigra playing and... Uh, and T-Rex and, you know, uh, they've gone for a very different type of, uh, I don't know, I'm, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They've gone from a different angle. The production is, 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 is uh... oh, Christ. This is the menopause, man. This is what it does. <laughs> it takes away words and it takes away thoughts. Maureen Takeover, for fuck's well, sake. I, because I, 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 I saw the, the previous one, I think in 2001, with Rosamund Pike, I um I just was not interested. Couldn't care less about the characters. Totally indifferent to them. I think the problem with a lot of period drama is because it's so expensive to make. BBC can't afford to make period dramas like it used to in the in in the time, so they've got to cut down on the episodes. So what you do as a result is it's just plot, 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 plot. There's no character development, so you don't really care about the characters. So I couldn't care less what happens to Linda, you know. And um I think in the the other one, the, the father was played by um Alan Bates, and you. And I don't know, I just thought, you know, this kind of eccentric, upper middle class English family, you know, I think at the moment I couldn't give a shit about them. And I just did not care about the characters at all. And I think even Andrew Scott couldn't really save it, who plays Lord Merlin. But I, it was just, I had no interest in the characters. And at the end of episode one, she's realised she's made a mistake, the, the main character. And I was like, couldn't care less, love. 
really couldn't care less. Your character comes across as completely obnoxious. So I am probably not going to watch the rest. And I do love a period drama. So very different experience from Brister. Oh, well, there we go, Maureen. I... <laughs> I uh, quite enjoyed it. I haven't seen the uh, adaptation from 2001 or whenever it was. I mean, it is, it is it has been um, compressed into, I think it's three episodes. So yes, it is very plot driven. The characters probably could be seen as a little two dimensional and caricatures as opposed to three dimensional characters. But I feel like that is in keeping with the vibe and the production that they've created. I don't feel like it's uh, out of sync with the pace of the program but um if you've seen an original adaptation or if you've read the book i can imagine it might sort of jar a little but creating what they've done in a three episode fast paced uh <laughs> period drama they've really lent on the comedy i think rather than the characters and it's the comedy and the plot that drives it and so it's given it quite a sort of I, I suppose it's quite an easy watch is like is what I liked about it and it's and it and it's sort of trans, it transports you out of wherever you are for an hour into that world and it to me it, it doesn't feel naturalistic and it isn't meant to feel naturalistic so I didn't mind those heightened moments of the characters being a little bit OTT I quite enjoyed that and I did feel a lot of pathos for the character at the end of the first episode as she realized she'd made this terrible mistake I actually thought the pathos was really there and I think it it actually gives and how heightened it had been up until that point, just at the end of that first step, I was like, oh, now they've really focused it in as we look at how she, where she is and where she's found herself to be as a young woman who's trying to escape the restrictions of the life that has been presented to her just because she's a woman and because she's created a fantasy about marriage and about how, how how love and romantics and she's lived in this fantasy world and now she's very much presented with reality and reality doesn't fit with that fantasy and and that realization and she's only 19 you know she's a 19 year old she's a child really and i really felt for her and i and i and i love the dynamic between the two women probably because it's slightly homoerotic i quite enjoyed that but um, yeah, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But I can see why you didn't, because you're right, it is very plot driven. And there isn't a great deal of emphasis in growing those characters, because I feel like it's a different production. That's why. But I think what, ha what, what hooks you into drama are the characters. That's what, or at least that's what hooks me. It's, it's, it's the characters that hook you in. You have to care about the characters. If you don't care about the characters, you might not like them, but you need to care about them. Otherwise, you don't really care what happens to them. Well, I think it did that for me. I don't feel like I needed that. I don't feel like that production needed that sort of in-depth uh, character uh, diving deep. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like say, help me out here. Yeah, we hear you. Yes. God yes. Almighty. Just, just general speaking is a problem for me today. I hope that's okay in a podcast. I hope that doesn't detract Luckily, from your enjoyment such of this. Luckily, podcast is a visual medium, so that's, that's fine. Oh God, if you could see my face, I've literally lost it. It's absolutely. Anyway, um, Maureen, you and I have differed on this point, but uh, once again, we will uh, agree on something else, I'm sure. Before we move on to Alison, I do remember a show that I have watched that I completely forgot to talk about, which I actually consumed my week last week, which was the documentary, which you can see on Sky uh, or HBO if you live in the US, which is the Alan versus Farrow <gasps> doc. Woody Allen versus Mia Ooh. Farrow. Four episodes... Uh, it goes into a great deal of detail. What I ought to prefix this by saying is that this is from Mia Farrow's perspective. We do not get Woody Allen's perspective at all. Okay, so this is a very one-sided documentary and it's really taken from the perspective of Mia Farrow and from her daughter, Dylan, who is uh, the person that is accusing Woody Allen of sexual uh, assault. Uh, and I found it absolutely fascinating. And I, I find it very difficult to not believe Dylan. I But you could watch that and say, listen, this doesn't feel like a very balanced approach. But ultimately, Woody Allen didn't want to be part of the documentary, obviously. And neither did um, other, certain other people who's, who are on, who believe him and who sided with him. Go, if you think you know, I mean, like basically, it goes into a lot of depth about their relationship, which I didn't know a great deal about. It goes into a lot of depth about his relationships with women, but also that family dynamic and also how 
if you have a lot of money and you have a huge PR machine, how you can take control of the story and of the, what the media are pumping out, which Woody Allen ultimately did in the 90s and into the noughties, and how his career, despite being accused of sexual assault by the child, no one in Hollywood stood up and went, Do you know what? This is off. This feels off to me. I'm not going to work with this guy. Well, you recently had a case where this, a journalist in Britain died and there was lots of, you know, a, you know, people talking about it. it was a journalist for The Sun and they kind of did kind of skated over the fact that he killed his wife. You know, he still worked. He still worked for the you know, for newspapers and there was obituary and they didn't even mention the wife's name. He, he admitted to manslaughter in the end. But um... he was a wonderful writer and worked for many years. Uh, he did murder his wife, but also um, loved football. Didn't even mention the wife's name. That was, that was such a non-entity for them. Unbelievable. The the whole way that the media uh, presented what happened to Dylan was that Mia Farrow coached her daughter because Mia Farrow is mad and hysterical and a woman scorned and jealous. And that's why she coached her daughter to say that she'd been sexually assaulted, which to me makes just no sense. Why would a... Even if you did that as a mother, which why would you? But even if you did... It'd be impossible for the child to be able to remember that level of detail for that many years and not slip up just to keep saying the same story over and over and over and over again and never changing your story and never ever veering from that that even child psychologists have said children this doesn't because she videoed her daughter talking about what happened to her after it happened she said can you just tell me what happened what 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 and she would say oh this and this and this and this i won't go into it and child psychologists and people that deal with children have been abused have said this doesn't speak to, to a child who has been coached because of the way that her eyes are glazing over and she doesn't want to talk about it because she's saying can we not talk about this anymore mummy can we talk about something else but anyway it's 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 a really fascinating documentary can you see that on now did you say you, now? yes it's on now tv if you live in the uk um if you have sky obviously you can watch it on sky docs if you are uh, anywhere in the in the north america you watch it on hbo and i would i would i would i would definitely recommend it you might just you might think oh it's all bullshit you might but i would say i would urge you to watch it before you come to any conclusions and as i've said irrespective of what you think you no one will ever know really what happened but my instinct is always to believe the victim I'm going to watch that. And very quickly, last thing that I watched, so my horror movie this week is a classic, in my opinion, uh, one that is near and dear to my heart. Kind of goes along with competitiveness, comparing yourself to others. I would like to recommend the horror movie, some may not think it is a horror movie, Heathers, starring a young Christian Slater and a young Winona Ryder, as well as a Shannon... Doherty, I think I said that correctly. Yeah, yeah, Shandor. Yeah, Doherty. Yeah. yeah. It From is... 90210. Yes, that's exactly it, 90210. It is such a cult classic. Essentially, it is the the tale of the group of popular girls, head popular girl, and then it's like the whole story is around like, mm, what if another girl takes over? Head popular girl is gone. You know, there there is some um, discussion of suicide, although I, I won't, it's not, it's not really suicide, everyone. Why don't you get the movie uh it's very interesting i absolutely love it few trigger warnings but once you get into it you'll realize like i think it really does delve into some issues of comparison and competitiveness and it's just a great flick i've watched it all my life heathers you can watch it on amazon prime it is a renter i do apologize oh it's 1989 I was like, oh, it's a 90s film, but it's 1989. I really remember this. I don't think I watched it till it came out on video. because I, I, I don't think I could watch it in cinema because I wasn't old enough. Because I think it was a 15 or an 18 or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, because there is some stuff that happens. No one thinks of it as a horror movie. And it is horror movie when you, when you get to certain aspects of it. I just, I just love it. I, I cannot recommend it enough, especially because I was always about, you know, girls bullying girls, and I think this is a, this is like the original Mean Girls. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it for about thirty-five years, but um, <laughs> I made Danny, I made my boyfriend just watch it, and he loved it. He was like, "This is really good." I was like, "Yes, it is." Yeah, yeah, I, I remember watching it and really enjoying it, really enjoying it as a teenager. So yeah, that is a classic. Thank you very much, Alison. Well, we've done the TV. 
time to head over to who is it again, Alison? I forgot. It's her name. a corner that's cultured. Oh yeah. We're yeah. going to a cultured corner. Put on your macrobiotic masks. Where you meet Maureen. And now it's going to be Maureen's cultural uh-huh. corner. I haven't started it. Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. Well, I, I'm going to carry on with music again because we all have our own soundscapes, don't we, to our lives. So, like, um, for me, uh, if I hear Jimmy Barnes sing The Weight, that's when I was there in Australia in the 90s. Du verstehst mich nicht von Wolfgang Ambrose reminds me of Vienna in the 80s. I'm sure you back me up there, girls. And so uh, when I think of uh, France, I never when I lived in Paris, I never really listened to it. I was never really into French pop music. But there was one exception. That was Liane Folie, who's like a blues and jazz singer. And she had this great album called Reverange. And the title track is just gorgeous. I actually sent it to you. It's absolutely lovely. Um, it's a, a, a brilliant song. It means Orange Dream. And I looked up what Orange Dream means because I was like, what does it mean? And apparently it means uh, an orange an orange represents the female breast. So it represents femininity. Right. I mean, I have to say oranges don't look like my breasts. But anyway, and then also depending on how you dream of oranges, it means everything you do will fail or you're going to be cheated on. So wow, that's that, that seems very positive. <laughs> Uh, so I, I would really recommend Leanne Foley. It's, it's a really nice. Uh, the, 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 that album was really successful. She's been, she's been going since. Obviously, she's still still going. I think I believe. But I just used to, that album just reminds me of France, and it's a really, really. There was a big hit. I think she had Au fur et à mesure, which means gradually. Sounds a lot better in French, doesn't it? Au fur et à mesure. That was a big hit for her. But I would uh, recommend it. The Revanche album, and in fact, um, you can get it on Spotify because I've double checked. So. Great, Maureen. We'll check it out. We could add it to the Maureen's tunes. You do like a schmaltzy. I talked about this with Maureen. Okay, so I, I put together Maureen's tunes, right? Okay, and I thought I haven't properly listened to it, but there's, there's loads of people on here that I love, including Luther Vandross and George Benson and blah, 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 whatever it was. Anyway, put it on. And I said to, I put it on in the car. I said to Chloe, this is the schmaltziest version of every single, like, there's not a single, every, even with Luther Vandross, I was like, get me. Of all the Luther Vandross songs you could have chosen, this one is like, hey, Sam, schmaltzy, schmaltzy. <laughs> I was like, where are the banging tunes? Give me the reason to watch you back. There are some banging ones. It's Angela Bofill, uh, Hanging on a String by Lucens. Yeah, I know, but there is, there's 50 songs there and there's 40 of them that I'm like, schmaltz attack. I tell you what, I actually got toothache halfway through that. that uh... <laughs> but if you want to, I want to say, if you want to listen to more Institutes, you can find it uh, on my Spotify account. Bristol 75, very complicated uh, pseudonym there. Um, I was born in 1975, that's what we're saying. Okay, and I got a great pair of Bristols, apparently. <laughs> they look like oranges. Not anymore. <laughs> they don't. They look like Spaniels ears now. Anyway. Uh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> This is where we always like to find out, uh, you know, sometimes things get on our nerves. Sometimes we need to air a little agitations. So this is a section we love because, Jen, we want to find out what the hell is getting your goat this week. I keep, I need the loo all the time. It's doing my head in. I think I just have to look at a glass of water and it's like 17 trips to the toilet. I am over it. I At the moment, I'm trying to drink more water. I don't know why I'm bothering. I, I I told you last week I went camping and I barely drank any fluids because I was like, I cannot bear the thought of just spending my entire life on a toilet, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and a composted one at that. Oh, <laughs> what a nightmare. Honestly, my son did a poo and I was like, I had to fish it because he, his bottom didn't hit the thing and I had to fish out the urine bit. Anyway, this uh... poo, yeah, that was a dark time. I mean, when you're picking out a poo that's got a personality, you're like, this is can't be great. Anyway. I currently need a wee all the time because I'm drinking all of this water, but also because I obviously have hit that age where my pelvic floor has just given up. God knows why. I haven't even had children. So I don't know what my excuse is. It's 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 really annoying. Like last night I went to the I need I got up three times in the night to have a wee. Chloe did say don't drink a litre of water just before bedtime. She's got a point. I'm drinking a lot of water just because what happens is I'll drink a lot in the morning and then I forget to in the afternoon and then in the evening I go, oh, I forgot to drink water, better down some. And then, but I just, I think I'm going to get a catheter fisted. That's what I think I'm going to do. Just going to get one of those little things because do you know what? I just, 
anything so I don't I know that they're probably I mean I, can't, I imagine they're not that comfortable but just so I don't have to get up in the night I'm just sick of it the weeing I actually now would like to I don't want, need to go to the toilet anymore I've done it quite a lot in my life can we get to a certain point in our life where we go do you know what when you hit 45 you no longer need to visit the loo that's just something we've done with a little special badge for you you don't need to do that anymore you'd be very bloated wouldn't you no because it still comes out like uh like snails do um you know, wood lice, uh, they sweat it out. Oh, do they? So that's what happens. So, yes, it comes out as steam. That's how they wee. So uh, if we could uh, arrange that. I don't I don't really want to, although the, the poo thing would be, you don't, want to, <laughs> you don't want that coming out as steam, do you? Jesus Christ, Bristol, what have you? I don't think you've thought this through, to be honest, Bristler. I haven't thought it through. I haven't <laughs> thought it through. Um, just the actual, I mean, I'm not a biologist. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anything about anatomy, actually. Um, I don't know if that's coming across. But anyway, that's what's been getting my go is my bladder, my peanut bladder. Not my peanut. Yeah, my peanut bladder, my pea bladder. Anyone relate, Maureen? Yeah, it's a joy of getting older, isn't it? That you need to go to the loo more often, getting up in the middle of the night. I think that's just one of the other added joys of being an older person. In every other way, I feel youthful. <laughs> Apart from the fact that my knees, my joints, my feet. <laughs> and now... My bladder, add that to the mix. Happy days. I mean, happy heady days. And what I love now is we've ended the podcast and everyone who's listening will have to urinate like nobody else's business oh right God. at this moment. I'm not going to so, lie to you. I've needed a wee the whole way through this I have business. to wee so bad. The moment you start talking about wee, I never am like, I have to jump away before we do more things, but I'm going to have to wee. I'm definitely um, have to wee. So all of you listening right now, we hope you enjoyed this wee brought to you by WTB. WTB and we. We're going to get, end up being sponsored by Tenor Lady, aren't we? That's I can see that happening. For the love of we God, can only I'll dream. take it. We can only <laughs> I'll dream. I'll take it. I don't care. I'll take it. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.